Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, one really depressing remembering that the 80s kind of sucked minute at a time. I'm Nick Amendes in the news. <laughs> I'm Scott Corelli, and joining us again today is AJ and Lauren. Welcome back. Hello again. Thanks. Hi. Uh, today we are going back to Minute 102, which begins with an eerily quiet uh, Hill Valley courtyard as uh, Doc examines what he has wrought. Uh, kind of seeing something go back in time for the first time, which I've never really thought about. That that is that version of Doc's uh, first time seeing his machine work, uh, and ends with a uh, bum, with Reagan's America <laughs> staring at us right in the face, <laughs> just, just sleeping peacefully under some newspaper. Red is one I, of my favorite characters. He's just always there, always in the background. You know, across the entirety of the trilogy, he's the one person whose fortunes never seem to shift or change. He's always just read the bum. <laughs> I bet he's an angel. He might be. Probably immortal there, or something. Yeah. There's a certain contingent of Back to the Future fans who believe that uh, Red the Bum is actually former Mayor Red Thomas. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I, God. I read about that. And, like, wasn't that debunked when they just kind of said, no, we, we let Michael J. Fox, you know, ad-lib the name, and that's just what, right. that's just what came out of his mouth. <laughs> right, right. And, and, and Bob Gale is quick to point out that the that Red the Bum is played by George Flower and and uh, Red Thomas. The picture of Red Thomas was actually a picture of their set decorator Hal Gaussman. So oh, that's fine. Oh. Yeah. Um, but I do, I but but there's part of me that just really loves the mythology of <laughs> of Red the Bum being former Mayor Red Thomas. Do you ever wonder? About where Red is in 1955. If we assume he's like in his 40s, maybe 50s, he must be like 10 years old or in his teens or something at that point. And then you think about all those kids that Marty runs into running around Hill Valley, and maybe oh, he was wow. one of maybe he was one of the children. Like I, I don't know. Well, according to um, the information I found, in 1985 he's in his 60s. Okay. I assume it's based off the age of the actor George Flower. Right. Um, so he's in his 60s in 1985, Aww. which means he's in his 30s in 1955. Okay. So maybe he's one of the the Michelin boys. That yeah, is maybe. literally what I was about to maybe. say. There's yeah. there's a story tracing how did he how did he get from the point of being happily employed to where he is now? Self self service gas mm. stations. It's like the Better Call Saul of the yeah. uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> 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 um. So I. I love the delayed flames that go across the cable. I love those too. Those are so great. It's 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 awesome. There's just like a beat, and then all of a sudden, just flames, and you're like, okay, yeah, why not? Sure. I love how you can um, totally tell how they're like, you know, eighties. The like, I think they put them in later, right? You can totally. Oh tell. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love that. For sure. I would be. Um, yeah, no, it's really great. If they, There's a lot of. In this moment in particular, this this whole sequence with the lightning and everything, there's a lot of effects that remind me of Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, because a lot of like the lightning and stuff, it looks like the the effect of of their like proton packs and everything. Um, so it reminds me of that a lot. I would have yeah. been so disappointed if they'd gone back and tried to clean up a lot of these effects and make them shinier for a re-release. It would have felt just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Zemeckis has never really been big on the re-releases for as technical mm -hmm. as his movies have been. Yeah. Like we, he hasn't really been big on returning to his stuff, really. He he seems like the kind of guy that's just like, I did it, and I'm done, and now I'm moving I'm on. I'm actually really thing. surprised there are three Back to the Futures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
for sure. Um, but I think I think those sequels are what got it out of his system. The idea of returning to a thing. Um, and and even though I think the part two and part three were written well after, well, or not too long after one was written, but I seem to recall that they had intended part one to be just a standalone, but then the success was so great that they were like, okay, we have plenty of material here. Let's roll with it. Right. This, is something yeah. I sh- this is something I should know, but is the, is there a, do, is there a to be continued at the end of this movie or is there just the end there? Okay. So the story with the to be continued mm-hmm. thing that, that is, that was not in the theatrical run. Yeah. What happened was yeah. they added it mm-hmm. when it was released on VHS as a teaser for the sequels that would be coming to theaters, right. you know, the next year or a couple years later. Yeah. yeah. They actually did yeah. that with the intern. I just watched it on iTunes yesterday. <laughs> There was a huge Back to the Future logo to be continued at the end. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm okay, cool. <laughs> Can we talk about... No, I was just, um, just picturing Robert De Niro oh. telling Anne Hathaway that something's got to be done about her. Oh it's your kids, Anne. <laughs> What's wrong, Robert? Did they grow up to be assholes or something? <laughs> um, yeah, so the... Uh, the movie theater, which is Town Theater, not not Essex Theater, which is across the square, um, but the uh, Town Theater is showing The Atomic Kid, which is a film starring Mickey Rooney, and uh, oh. it is notable for a uh, uh, marketing campaign that focused around the fact that his female co-star was his wife. So like in the coast in the thing it says like it, it it has you know Mickey Rooney, Robert Strauss and Elaine Davis and in parentheses Mrs. Ricky Mickey Rooney. Oh god, how condescending oh. is that? <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Imagine if they <clears throat> and, did uh, that in like like I don't know, like like that uh, like that um Brad Pitt Angelina Jolie movie that just came out. Oh Mr. and Mrs. Something. I I oh, no, remember the one where they're like on a uh, beach Mr. and they're fighting. Yeah, oh, M- Mr. Angelina Jolie. Mr. Angelina, that'd be that'd be funny. Um, yeah, and there's a little speech bubble on next to her face on the poster that says "Mickey, control your neutrons." So. Again, just like uh, just like because he's the atomic movie. kid. <laughs> it's really. Uh, Really strange. Mrs. Uh, and in the in the Back to the Future um, novelization, uh, there's a moment in the in, in, there's a scene in which um, Marty early on in the film Marty decides that he's going to go watch a movie, and he has the choice between Cattle Queen of Montana and the Atomic Kid, and chooses the Atomic Kid. <laughs> I still haven't read the novelization. I've heard so many conflicting things. Oh, it's really bad. Don't bother. Oh, it's hilarious. You should read it to heckle it. Uh, and so I just, I haven't gotten around to it. It is, uh, I mean, it's very basic mm. and it's based on a really early draft. And so it's, it's just, um, I don't know. It's a fast read. Was it the same? Sure. Is it based on the same early draft where Marty, um, rips off bootlegs movies for doc or something they have some kind of bootleg theater operation going on i think it might be i think it might be between the the, it was using a draft that was between the draft where they they had replaced the atomic business the whole atomic bomb business with the clock tower stuff Uh 
Uh, but before they removed the uh, bootleg bootleg VHS storyline. And replaced the refrigerator with a DeLorean. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys know there was, um, a, there was an early draft of Ferris Bueller's Day Off where it was revealed that like Ferris paid for his day off by like stealing from his dad? Really? Yeah. I remember that. He also had a little brother. Uh, huh. Wow. Yeah. I've read that draft of that script. It is not a good movie. Nah, Ferris only works if he's the youngest. Yeah, and and it only and it only works if he's like a superhero. Basically, yeah, if he's not. A, if he's, as he, he's like literally stealing. He stole like a grand from his dad's like savings account. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a really weird. It's a weird choice. <laughs> um, so this whole bit, I I find it an interesting choice to hold on Doc because. Marty's our hero. Um, so you'd think, just like when he comes back to 1955, you would do it from his perspective. But instead, they do it from Doc's perspective. And I think it's an interesting choice for a couple of reasons. Like, one, it gives you that sort of, like, that breath of celebration. Um, but it also allows us to say goodbye to a character we think is going to be dead. I mean, if you're going to leave him... You, you would want to remember him. I mean, that once he's done shrieking and dancing around in the fire tracks, that nerdy, beautiful, huge grin that he's wearing, um, yeah. that's, a, I guess, a good theoretical goodbye, but fortunately it's not. You know, that right. the shot when, they, when he looks up at the clock tower and suddenly we're looking at the clock tower and the helicopter enters, that is one of the smoothest, most subtle mm-hmm. transitions that yeah, I can think of anywhere in cinema. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's basically like a, like a, like a, I forget what that kind of cut is called, but it, it's where he looks at the clock and you cut to what he's looking at, only suddenly we're in 1985, which is like so great. And right off the bat, you look at it and you're like, that looks a little weird. And then the helicopter shows up and you're like, oh. It takes your brain a second. And to realize that the clock is stuck at 10.04 p.m. Right. That we're looking at the, the, the broken. Because yeah. you think it's yeah. just 10.04 p.m. Yeah. Right. <laughs> really, it's really great. It's a really great way to cut back to 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have to wonder. I have questions about the helicopter. Because they turn on their searchlights. And I'm like, okay, are, what kind of helicopter is this? It, I'm, I'm thinking it's a news helicopter. Oh, I know exactly what it is. Okay. They're looking for Joey. Oh, he broke out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's back, Scott. That is that is the different. That's the different. The other difference in this version of of events is that Joey broke out of prison. <laughs> so it's a it's a police helicopter, and they're looking for jailbreak. Well, your uncle Joey oh, you know, broke out of prison again. You can't, you can't help but think pretty soon if that helicopter stays out, they're going to see what's gone down in the mall parking lot. With the crash. Is that, yeah. is that the corpse uh, of Emmett Brown? Or like, <laughs> are, are, is the crash fatal to the Libyans? I've always wondered about that. Or whether they're oh, just well, badly we'll injured. We'll or, you know, later, I know maybe. I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's, <laughs> I've always thought it was an interesting choice to have the searchlights on. Mm. But if they're searching for Jailbird Joey, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that theory. I want that subplot. I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, totally. John Penn's um, like, get in here. 1985, uh, I mean, we'll see a little bit more of it in a second uh, when we wake up the ho- – when we wake up Red the Hobo. 
Um, but it feels, it doesn't feel as nice as it did mm-hmm. earlier in the film. Like it feels dirtier. It feels, it feels a little bit more like the alternate 1985 from part two. Yeah. I think it's, so we're just getting a closer look at the version that we saw with Jennifer and Marty. Yeah. Because it's nighttime now. And yeah. I guess that's Remember how dirty and old the school looked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's true. You have to wonder how much Red sees at night. Like, he's got to have some stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm glad that uh, that Marty didn't hit any pedestrians. <laughs> God. It's like the Rick and Marty version. Like, he just appears, <laughs> like, he appears, he appears over Red the Bum. <laughs> um, so, speaking of Red the Bum, he is listening to Heaven is One Step Away. Eric Clapton. By Eric Clapton. Yep. Um, which is an outtake from the Behind the Sun album, which came out in 1985 uh, and was removed from the album when it was picked up by the uh, Back to the Future soundtrack producers. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Um, because he was like, why put it on two albums? That's a silly thing yeah. to do. Is that the only non-Huey Lewis in the News uh, needle drop in the 80s? It might be. No, there's the one early, like when, when he was... Um, there's the one from when he was like sitting on his laying oh, in his bed. Time bomb oh, town. Um Liz, yeah. Lindsay Buckingham. Time bomb okay, town. That's right. See, whenever I just picture Marty in his bed, it's like back in time is playing. I forget that it's not back in time yet. Yeah, I think and yeah, that's the, those are the two non Huey Lewis ones. Oh man, I bet Lorraine loved rumors when it came out. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> she probably did. Um I think that's that's yeah that's all I've got. Um, that's all I've got. Oh man! See now I just want there. I really wish uh, something the comic book could do that would be really interesting is like if we could see like George and Lorraine like in the seventies and eighties. Mm-hmm. Well, not the eighties, but like the six like the sixties and seventies. Yeah. yeah. From that alternate part two. Oh my God! You know George just ate up Scientology in like the seventies. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Kind of alarming. I think Lorraine. Fortunately, would have been on hand to kind of tap him on the shoulder and say, "Honey, you're a suppressive <laughs> really? person, Lorraine." But really, but she would go to at least one meeting Probably. to be really supportive. Oh well, this is horseshit, George. Yeah. <laughs> what, Lorraine? <laughs> <laughs> That's L. Ron Hubbard. Don't you talk that way, L. Ron. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. Um, you guys have anything else? That's all I've got. <laughs> we just opened up George was a Scientologist. So that, <laughs> I could talk about that for the rest of tonight. That's that <laughs> role. Um, all right. Well, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 103. In the meantime, you can go to our website, backtothefutureminute.com. Uh, leave comments there, or you can email the show, contact at backtothefutureminute.com. We've got some mailbag episodes coming up, so if you want... To email us and get on the show, uh, you can do that there. Or, Scott, you can also, tweet at us at BTTF Minute. Uh, we, you can, or just follow us because now we're like retweeting. Or now we're like retweeting cool Back to the Future stuff like that video. Yeah. Which I haven't seen yet. Uh, BTTFMinute.tumblr.com. We love our Tumblr. Cool stuff happens there. That's how we met these guys. Uh, <laughs> you can like us on Facebook. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. It's kind of the waviest thing you can do for a podcast is just leave us a good five-star review. It really helps mm-hmm. us out. Uh, and you can listen and enjoy our other podcasts, The Doctor's Companion, 
which we co-host with Cassandra Fredrickson, in which we're talking about old episodes of Doctor Who. We talked about Daleks and how Daleks should be in every movie, which <laughs> I'm very excited about. And uh, our, our crown jewel, the thing I'm most proud of, uh, is Geek by Night. Uh, it's 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 just it's really it's really cool. I I was I don't know. I was listening to episode four on the train ride home, and I got kind of like I was chuffed. I was yeah, because like everyone's doing really good work, and I want people to like listen to it and listen to how good our cast is. Um, and uh, the minute the minute podcast family mafia, yeah. I don't know, is growing <laughs> by because we're not we're not we're, we're kind of like kingdoms. Like we kind of don't mess with each other, but we're like we're aware. And like we respect mm-hmm. each other, um, we're never. Mind, I'm not gonna do Game of Thrones, uh, but uh, Star Wars Minute and Goodfellas Minute are are doing really good work, and they deserve more subscribers. Yeah, like absolutely. All right, we will uh, see you tomorrow with Minute 103. Bye.